0: As we begin uh, our celebration, as we continue our celebration of Epiphany, uh, for those of you who are fairly new, like I am, um, to the Anglican tradition, uh, when I grew up, we didn't really uh, deal much with the church calendar or things like that. And so every Sunday was much the same unless it was Easter or Christmas Um but Epiphany is the celebration of the revelation of Jesus. It's like the light coming into the world. And not just for um, the nation of Israel, but for the whole world. And so that's why um, the Magi are um, kind of kicking off this feast or this season of Epiphany. Because they came from a foreign place and they honored and recognized Jesus as a special figure. One who was worthy of this massive journey, this um, search. And and then there's this lavish worship um, as these strangers essentially come and pour out all these lavish gifts before this infant. So that's how Epiphany starts, but that's, that's really the celebration of it. Jesus comes into the world with Christmas, and now we're celebrating how kind of just like the sun peeking up over... Um, Over the horizon in the morning, That's if you want to think about Christmas that way, like, oh, it's here, it's morning. And then epiphany is how the whole world becomes flooded with light, the light of Christ. And what a good Sunday um, to be thinking about this as we all come dragging in here, uh, exhausted from the holidays, exhausted from this week's news, just watching darkness and fear and uh, hatred of uh, brokenness, to be able to come and to realize just as we finished singing, this is my father's world. This is my father's world, and he is still on the throne. And that's what we're going to talk about today. Um, we're just going to look through kind of in a cursory way the readings from today. And the goal as I, I reworked this sermon after the events of this week to just kind of take off the table, some kind of heavy teaching or some kind of intellectual exercise. And instead, I hope that the Lord through the Holy Spirit will just bathe us with these beautiful images of Jesus coming on the scene and going into the darkest places, the most hopelessly broken places and fixing it. I hope he does that in our world, And as we pray later on the prayers of the people and we have time for people to offer prayers, please pray, please pray out loud for God to break into this dark world and shine his light. Let's do that together as kind of a application of this sermon, a collective or corporate application. As we look at these passages of scripture, as we think about epiphany, this light coming into the world, one of the main points that comes through is that Jesus, Jesus Christ is carrying you and this whole messed up world back to God. Like that's what we're gonna hear. That's what we're gonna hear as we read these scriptures that Jesus Christ is carrying you. He's put you on his back with all of your brokenness, with all of your flaws, with all of your resistance to him, with all of your doubts, And the whole messed up world. And he's carrying us. Back to God. As we come to this gospel passage. We hear John the Baptist preaching. He says. After me comes he who is mightier mightier than I. The strap of whose sandals. I am not worthy to stoop down and untie. I have baptized you with water. But he will baptize you. In the Holy Spirit. So. John is telling these people before Jesus comes, he's telling these people, hey, get ready, there's someone else coming and Jesus will be a big deal. Like you're all here to get baptized because you think I'm a big deal, but there's someone coming who is a really big deal. John the Baptist is speaking as the last, essentially of the Old Testament prophets, right? Um, Calling Israel back to God in preparation for the actual Messiah. And he's saying, There's one coming who is so much of a bigger deal than me that I can't even stoop down and and untie his sandals. And then the next scene, Jesus comes. Jesus is actually here. He comes from Nazareth of Galilee into the midst of all this humanity that's been gathered to, um, to be baptized for the forgiveness of sins. As Isaiah the prophet says that Jesus will be numbered among the transgressors. And here he comes, this man, this obscure man from Galilee to be baptized. And when he comes out of the water, we see in, in a sense, the whole Trinity is on the scene. Jesus comes up out of the water. The Holy Spirit comes and lights on him like a dove. And we hear the voice of a father from heaven saying, this is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. So Jesus is indeed a big deal um, as he's joined by a second entity, the Holy Spirit, and a third entity, the Father who speaks of him. But as we come to Acts 10, um, I want us to spend some time there, especially uh, considering that Jesus doesn't just come and get baptized. We could spend a lot of time here on the, the, the person of Jesus, the identity of Jesus, and that's kind of what i deleted. Instead, let's consider the trajectory of Jesus. He doesn't just come and get baptized and get announced as this special person. But as we read the gospel, think about how the power of Jesus, the light of Jesus, goes somewhere and starts accomplishing things. And I hope that you apply this to yourself. Jesus is in your life to accomplish peace in your life, to accomplish joy in your life. Jesus is here to take over. He's here to take over your life and he's here to take over this world and to bring it back to God. So listen to what Peter says after he finally goes to Cornelius' house, after God finally convinces him that this is a worthwhile thing for him to do and that these are worthwhile people to receive the gospel with the blanket coming down and all that. So then Peter goes to Cornelius' house, who's just been converted, and it says, so Peter, in chapter 10, so Peter opened his mouth and said, truly I understand that God shows no partiality, but in every nation, anyone who fears him and does what is right is acceptable to him. For the word that he sent to Israel, preaching good news of peace through Jesus Christ, he is Lord of all, you yourselves know what happened throughout all Judea, beginning from Galilee after the baptism that John proclaimed, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. Listen, he went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil for God was with him. So this one who gets anointed and sent out he starts to accomplish the kingdom of God. This is my father's world. And Jesus is breaking into all these dark places and fixing them, bringing light to them. These desperate, hopeless, broken places, Jesus is healing them. Mark truncates it like right after this, Jesus gets sent out into the wilderness to fight the devil, and then he comes back and he heals a leper, and then the story kind of goes from there. In Mar- in Matthew's gospel, he, Matthew kind of pumps the brakes here a little bit, and and he gives us more detail, he gives us more um, uh, texture to the narrative. So in Matthew's gospel, Jesus gets baptized and all this, he calls some disciples and. And then he goes and he preaches the sermon, the Sermon on the Mount, in chapters 5, 6, and 7. And right after the preaching of this sermon in Matthew's Gospel, in chapter 8 and the beginning of chapter 9, Jesus just goes on this tear of miracles. So the people hear him preach and they say, wow, this guy preaches with authority, not like our own scribes. But then Jesus starts showing us um, this picture of epiphany. He starts going into the darkest of dark places and bringing peace and light to these places. We need to hear this today. We need to hear this today in our world. We need to see this happen. We need to pray that this happens. But right after the sermon, a leper comes running up to Jesus and throws himself at Jesus' feet and this is in the big crowd of people. Like a leper does not belong here. And a leper doesn't belong like coming up and touching a rabbi or, or being anywhere near this crowd of people. I mean, it'd be like you taking off your mask and like running through Walmart, just like coughing and screaming, right? And that's what this would be like. And so, so this leper comes running up and he says to Jesus, um, if you will, you can make me clean. And Jesus says, I will be clean. And the man is immediately cleansed. Right after that, these, these stories happen without any break. Right after that, a, the centurion comes and says, hey, I know that you're under authority and I'm under authority. And so I know if I tell someone to go do something, they're going to do it. So I've got this servant, far away from here but I know that if you say it from here that this person could be fixed that they can be fixed so would you do that would you give that order and Jesus does it and in that very hour the servant is healed and he marvels at the centurion's faith like wow this guy really understands kind of a little bit of who I am and then they go to Peter's house and his mother-in-law is sick and she's got a fever and she's there on the couch. And so Jesus heals her. And then all these other sick people come to Peter's house. Like this whole parade of people with demons and sickness and all this stuff. And they get, all get healed. And then the, again, without a break, the very next morning, they get on a boat. And they go out and they're traveling across the sea. And one of those big squalls blows up and Jesus heals or calms the storm. And then after that, they get to the other side, and as soon as they get out of the boat, these two demon guys come running up, and, they, and they're Gentiles, and they both get healed. And then right after that, this paralytic gets lowered down through the roof, and Jesus has just been using his voice, his words, his authority to, to shine light into all these dark places. And he sees this man coming down, and he says with his mouth, Take heart, your sins are forgiven. Like something must have happened just then and the Pharisees don't like it. And you know the story. And so Jesus actually tells the man to get up and walk and he does. This is epiphany. This is light coming into darkness. This is the sun, not just peeking over the mountain, but this is the sun at high noon, flooding everything and bringing warmth and peace and light and hope and joy to a broken, cold, dark world. This is Jesus. This is the one who reigns over your life. This is the one who reigns over your home. This is the one who reigns over our community, over our nation, over our world. This is the one that we can come to and say, help, help. This is the one that we can come to as we confess our sins and and. Think of things that we're putting up in the way to eclipse him, to block his light from taking over our lives and to say, I don't want that. That's not bringing me more joy or more peace. Help me lay that down so that I can experience more of you because I'm tired of living on the crumbs this is the one when we come to the table who's inviting to fill us and to assure us that by these holy mysteries, we, you are a living member of the body of Jesus Christ and an heir of his eternal kingdom. So as we enter into this season of epiphany, remembering that we're we're recognizing that Jesus hasn't just been born and then slips into obscurity, but that he's born and he comes on the scene and everywhere he goes, he brings healing and joy and peace and life. That we need this. We need this. We by nature are gonna trend toward darkness. We by nature are gonna trend toward hiding. And so we, we recognize that Jesus comes even in the midst of us hiding from him, even in the midst of us wanting to cover ourselves up, Jesus comes and he brings peace to us and he draws us in and he makes us part of his family and takes away our shame, takes away our guilt. The other readings from today are from Isaiah 42 where where the the prophet is talking about Jesus being a light to the nations. In Psalm 89, we see that Yahweh will establish the son of David as the king of kings, and he's going to establish him from shore to shore for all eternity. This is Jesus. This is what he's here to do, and this is what he's doing. So as we confess uh, our faith with the Nicene Creed, but especially as we lift up our prayers, let's pray fervently that Jesus would shine into our dark time. And that, that when we come to the confession of sin and when we come to the table, let's come presenting ourselves as instruments of light. God, if there's something I'm doing that's keeping you from using me or speaking or serving or bringing light, help, help. I, that's what I wanna do. That's how I wanna participate as a member of your body. So let's come and bring ourselves now through the rest of our time of worship to pray for our world and to present ourselves to God as living sacrifices who he can use to bring about, to administer his light to our dark and crumbling world. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.